1: Well, good morning, Charged Up Studio listeners, and welcome back to another episode where you'll get charged up for success. I'm Dana Olivo, your host and CEO of Market Academy, LLC. And today we've got a very exciting podcast for you. We all like the idea of telling stories. That's what draws us all in. We've, we've done it since we were a little child and our parents used to tell us stories And fortunately for us, we can continue doing it while we're in business. And that's what our special guest today, Sean Perlmutter, is going to talk to us about is how to to be a storyteller when it comes to our business. Welcome, Sean.
0: Thanks a bunch, Dana. It's such a pleasure being here and being able to talk to the charged up audience. I'm excited.
1: Oh, I'm excited to have you here and hear what you have to say. I'm all about storytelling. My business was completely founded on storytelling. And I'll let everybody in my audience know right now, I was totally unprepared for this podcast. So we are flying by the seat of our pants with our stories. We're going to make them up as we (laughs) go.
0: Dana, that's our story for this podcast, is that this is being done by the seat of our pants. So we're sticking to it. Exactly
1: it. And I hope you don't hear all the mowers going on in the background. They're trying to get it in while the rain is stopped because we've had some very, very uh, heavy rainstorms here. So they're trying well, to get as much as they can.
0: I'll tell you, actually, in a way, you're lucky. I'm on the West Coast in the San Francisco Bay Area, and we've got the opposite problem. We've got, we don't have yeah. enough water. We've got drought and fires. It's, it's uh, oh my goodness. bad over here as well.
1: So let me tell you a little bit about Sean before we get started. He is a specialist with storytelling, branding, and interpersonal communication. He's been a coach consultant for over 15 years, serving clients like Snowflake, Disney Consumer Products, Xperia, Viva, and Centex Homes. Okay, I know about three of those.
0: Xperi is a uh, tech company, and um, well, I don't know which ones you know and don't know. Viva is I know, is the a,
1: Disney, Disney consumer, uh, Syntex Homes, and Viva. Snowflake.
0: Sno- Snowflake is the hottest cloud computing data uh, uh, software as a service company in uh, tech right now.
1: Oh, my goodness. Snowflake yeah, I didn't know big. that. All right. All right. So in 2018, Sean co-founded Pivotal Twist to foster quantum growth for professionals and organizations through upskilling, brand development, and platform building. Sean was an actor, writer, and director as a young man, and his experience informs his work in countless ways. A daily mediator and big NBA fan, he lives in the San Francisco Bay Area with his wife and son, wishing he could eat pastry without gaining weight. And we it's get so to that, true. We get to that age, you know?
0: It's so true. <laughs> when you true. have to
1: worry about what you eat. Wouldn't it be so much better if we could just remain, you know, little and not worry about it, Right.
0: You said it. Uh, um, uh, One point of of clarification, Dana, um, I'm a daily meditator, not a daily mediator. Oh, okay. I I meditate every day. Uh, uh, But if I had to mediate every day, I'd be pulling what little hair I have out.
1: Okay, okay. I must have legal on the brain for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get started. Let's just talk a little bit about storytelling. How did you get involved in storytelling? Uh, Is it the acting side that got you involved in the uh, telling of stories?
0: Yes, in a word, yes. Uh, uh, So when I was uh, in my 20s, Right up in my early thirties, um, I was pursuing the Hollywood dream. Uh, I was an actor and a screenwriter and uh, a wannabe director. Uh, I directed a, a short film and uh, was interested in that side of things too. I was all about storytelling, what you might call narrative storytelling. Um, and needless to say, that career didn't work out. So I pivoted. I had to go through my own pivotal twist, if you will, And from there, I got into copywriting, and then eventually I became a brand and marketing consultant as well. Just in the last uh, three years or so, though, I joined forces with uh, my partner, who was also an actor, writer, director as a young man. He and I did a show together, Frankenstein the Musical, if you <laughs> if you care to know, uh, and we both have an appreciation for and a respect for and a facility with storytelling, and each of us have brought storytelling to our work. My partner is a coach and consultant, just like I am, and now with Pivotal Twists, we're looking to apply artistry to the craft of successful business practices.
1: interesting. Interesting. You know, I'm, I'm all about storytelling. I'm always telling stories about uh, things that have happened in my in my life, in my career, you know, and things like that. And if you listen back to a lot of my podcasts, you will hear some of those stories. Um, the biggest story I have right now kind of crosses over that pivotal transformation as far as I'm concerned Um you know, in the beginning of when Market Anatomy started, it started as a result of an accident I had down in Brazil, where I was hit by a bus, a city bus going forty-five miles an hour while I was crossing over the street to my apartment. Ooh. And you know, that story line is what I tended to kind of steer away from. In the very beginning, because I did not want people um, uh, associating me with an accident. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want them associating me with that. But what I learned was by telling that story, it drew people in. And it helped them see the vulnerabilities within me. Because that pivot from that accident and everything is what helped me realize that I needed to be out there helping other small solo entrepreneurs and how to protect themselves when things like this
0: happen. That is beautiful. Actually, that's a story in and of itself. The story of how that affected your career is a story. And by the way, I want to tip my hat to you, Dana, for Mm -hmm. learning that lesson Because yes, indeed, we live in a world right now where people uh, are, they've got all the information they need at their fingertips, you know, thank goodness for the internet. And so if you are putting yourself out there as a business owner, as a thought leader, whatever it is, um, and uh, let's say to use the vernacular, your poop don't stink, then people are going to see right through it. The opposite side of the coin is when you can show your vulnerabilities, when you can share your mistakes or your missteps, people will see you as being more human, more believable and credible, and here's the kicker, more trustworthy. And we all know that we want our audience to know, like, and trust us because once they do... It's easier for them to become a client of ours. So well done.
1: Yep. Well, I have found that um, through the storytelling or through the, um, the events that I have gone through, which become the stories, I have found that going through those has, um, in the beginning, had really kind of um, held me back and made me question my capabilities of doing things. And what I've learned is over the time is that those events I'm going through are what contribute to my expertise in what I do. You know, a a, a perfect example is um, as a strategist, you know, I did not get my MBA. I got a BS. I got two BS's. Okay. (laughs) I got two BS's. Bachelor's of science is what it is. (laughs) I I understand. You, you got it. Okay. So I got two bachelor's degrees. Okay. But I don't have an MBA. Most strategists have those MBAs. They, They can go in and they, and they talk at a very high level. Okay. And me, you know, tell it to me simply. You know, I tell, I tell anybody I'm working with, look, you know, if I can't understand it, you have to illustrate it. You have to draw it out for me, flow diagram it, do whatever. Well, coming from my client's perspective, I understand that because my clients, solo and micro entrepreneurs, they don't understand business. So I have to come at it from a different point of view. So when I compare myself to other strategists, that's exactly what I'm doing, is I'm trying to come at it from a different point of view. When you mention the word poop online, <laughs> I had a fellow strategist that I looked up to. And he, after a, a panel that we both sat on, he said, you know, we need to talk. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, crap, what did I do? What did I say wrong? Immediately, that's what goes to my head. And so when we sit down over coffee, he looks at me and he says, You know your poop. And I said, huh? He says, you know what you're talking about. And I told him, I said, that means a lot coming from you. His name was Harry. Harry is because I look up to you. He says, no, you know as much as I do any other strategist here. You just deliver it in a different way. And so that's important when it comes to storytelling is understanding you don't have to be perfect at it.
0: You do not have to be perfect at it. You know, one of the definitions that resonates for me of storytelling is it's the application of emotions to past events. And the reason that resonates for me so well is that uh, it's easy to list out things that happen. But when you apply the human experience and that's where emotion comes in, now all of a sudden there's something sticky about it. There's something that makes you want to lean in and hear more about it. And so I think every great story has the emotional aspect to it as well. And I think you're sort of alluding to that here in your journey as well, you know, Yes, there is a fear of not being taken seriously, or there is um, uh, uh, jealousy of somebody who can speak in language that you don't yet have a facility with. You know, there's, there's, there's certain emotions that come up in your storytelling. When you know what emotions you are interested in eliciting from your audience, then you can be a stellar storyteller.
1: Interesting. Interesting. So when I uh, am talking to somebody, um, in fact, I just had a call just before you, and this is somebody that was introduced to me, referred to me by somebody else. I had never talked to him. And after about 30 minutes, it's like, he's inside my head. Okay. And I'm talking to him and I'm telling him you're in my head you're doing everything I've been doing for the last 16, 18 months, but he's doing it on the nonprofit side. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, Oh my God, is he reading my mind? (laughs) But it's that, it's that connection that we're trying to get with the storytelling.
0: So I think you're uh, uh, hitting the nail on the head and in another light too there, because at the end of the day, Storytelling is about the human experience. And so, if you tell a story well about the human experience, there are going to be other humans who say, Yes, that was mine too. I felt that as well. I was going through something like that as well. I dealt with a challenge like that as well. And it can appear as if they are actually in your head. But really, what's happening is they are uh, sharing a human experience with you, if not an emotion.
1: Right, right. Huh, interesting, interesting. So can you uh, outline without giving details, okay, of who, give us an idea of some stories that you've helped some of your clients with?
0: Uh, Sure, let me see if I can come at it the, the right way because story can be used in so many different ways, Dana. So let's talk about verbal communication. If I'm meeting somebody at at a networking event um, or at the classic, you know, in an elevator, I've got an elevator pitch to to make, uh, or, you know, it's a a cocktail party and I I happen to be introduced to somebody and I'm telling them what I'm all about. Storytelling can play uh, a big part in that respect but that's not the only way. Of course, storytelling can also be applied to the written word. Go figure, Uh, um, uh, and that can be marketing, that can be reports even, that can be white papers. Uh, It can be, there's there's just about an infinite number of ways that it can be applied through the way you speak, through the way you communicate, through the written word, but then also through video and through pictures. There are ways to tell stories, okay. So your question is, what are some examples of stories that I've helped clients to tell? I, as a coach and consultant, don't ever want to come in and say, this is a story that you need to be telling. It is much more uh, important for me and for my clients to bring them to the stories that they need to tell. And here's what that means. So- there's a lot of different types of stories that can be told. You can tell your origin story. You can tell a customer acquisition story. You can tell a, can tell a product overview story. You can tell a story that's a metaphor for what your client is going to go through, right? There's an en- endless amount of stories. And then there's the craft of storytelling itself. So if I've got 30 seconds in an elevator with, a, with Elon Musk and I want to tell him what we're all about, Instead of just saying, oh, pivotal twist is this, I might start with a a, a hook and with a little bit of conflict and then show him how I resolve that conflict in 30 seconds. Now, that's the craft of storytelling, but I'm not saying this is a certain type of story or this is the story that a client should do. Does that make sense?
1: It does. It does. You know, depending on you know, even like with this, um, this podcast that we're doing right now, depending on what we're talking about, in the back of my mind, you know, I am relating to what's being said. Okay, when you were talking about, you know, um, uh, I can't remember what it was, you were just saying about a seminar or networking. And um, the immediate story that comes to mind is, I was at, I was attending a, a networking event, kind of like a presentation on um, hotel hospitality, okay, and medical tourism is what it was, I was trying to think of what that word is, (laughs) medical tourism, and um, it was at one of the hospitals here, and I went, and they had changed the room, okay, so the room had been relocated, but we couldn't find it. And I'm walking around the hallways trying to find signs and everything. And the next thing I know, there's about three or four other of us walking around the hallways trying to find this room. And finally, we, we stop and we look at each other. Are you all looking for this? You know, It was like we congregated in the hallway. And then finally, someone came up and said, oh, it's over here. Okay. And so we walk in there. The, it, I think there was four or five of us. We walk in there, and I had been in Brazil for a couple of months, so I hadn't been back, and and so this was my first time back. And I walk in the door, and all of a sudden, I have about three or four people coming up to me saying, "Oh my God, where have you been?" You know, and all this other stuff. And we go about the the meeting, and we have the meeting. Well, the next morning, <laughs> I am getting ready for work, brushing my teeth, and I get this call, and I answer the phone with toothpaste in my mouth and everything and it turns out it was one of the guys that was roaming the hall with me (laughs) and um after I spit out the toothpaste and everything I you know told him I said I apologize he says no 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 he says um just after we met yesterday and we went in there and I saw everybody coming up to you and everything he says I told myself that's somebody I need to get to know And so you had given me your card and I said, okay, that's why I'm calling. We need to get together and get to know each other, you know, that type deal. And, you know, those are stories that I remember when I'm talking to clients that they can probably relate to.
0: Yeah. And let's get granular here. That person that called you, that person that said you were a person that he wanted to meet, there was a little story there for him. Exactly. And that's what um spurred catalyzed the action for him to pick up the phone right so that story was this very interesting friendly woman was lost and uh but seemed to have a sense of humor about it you know and told me what she was what she was interested in so that stuck in my mind what, uh, what's really important to take away from this is stories don't have to be long. They don't have no. to be really involved. In fact, stories can be just a little tidbit right. of emotion or, or context. Um, I want to share with you a, um, uh, an example to that end that I share with, uh, my clients and my, um uh, the participants in our training sessions. Okay. Stories don't have to be long. Stories can be short. The shortest story ever told was six words by Hemingway. And the story is this for sale, baby shoes never worn. Wow. (laughs) six words and in that and those six words you 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 you're, you're you get the emotion you you understand there's a loss there and uh the human experience there is we've all dealt with loss before and death right and um and you have a uh, uh a sense of compassion for the right. teller of that story so the point i want to make here is you don't have to get bogged down in oh, I've got to you know uh, um, I've got to make sure that I'm telling a story where uh, there, there's conflict and how does a person overcome the conflict and what does a person uh, uh, learn at the end? You know, sure that is that is definitely a story, but a story can be as simple as six words, just giving some context for it. Um, uh, uh, for instance, I was thinking to myself this morning, um, if I shared with you, Dana today I saw a bear you would say oh well that's that's pretty interesting okay Mm -hmm. if I said Dana today I saw a bear on my morning walk you you start to lean in and say wait well what's going where do you live you know is it if I said today I saw a bear on my morning walk and he was running towards me (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's a story. Oh my goodness. What did you do? How did you get away from it? Well, well right. you know, all of a sudden you're right. involved, right? I don't know that that might probably a few more than six words there, but you, you get my yeah. point. So you can tell your business stories the same right. way, you know, yeah. it's not that my product uh, um, uh, um, saves you time. It's my product helps you to to spend more time with your kids. You know, or, or my product uh, uh, gives you an extra 45 minutes on those spreadsheets that are so important. You know, you just got to find your way to tell the story about the benefits of your product.
1: My product stops the money bleed.
0: Okay. Now the, uh, so I think that that is really strong. And the the human component there is the money bleed, right? So how do people feel when they are bleeding money, right? It, it's, it's scary and um uh you feel stressed and pressured, right, to do well. Um so there's also an opportunity to lean into those emotions, you know, and you can you can find your way there as well.
1: My tagline is the business birthing specialist.
0: Mm. I like it. You're a midwife. You're a midwife for solopreneurs.
1: For solopreneurs, yes. And then um, one of the taglines that I say is, without customers, it's like being pregnant without a way to deliver.
0: Ooh. Now, that is really strong, right? Because you're making a metaphor there. And for, uh, for Some of us, who
1: can understand it.
0: <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, you know, for, for, for women in particular, but really, you know, if you're human, you get it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, that's exactly it. I, you know, I do have a tendency to kind of visualize things, you know, and put it in words. And that's another thing to, to think about. Can you talk to that? as far as when you're trying to uh, communicate with your target audience and you try and put yourself in their shoes and visualize what they're going through and how do you put words to that?
0: Okay, great question, very important question because it is a, an unforced error, let's say, um, to make the story about you, about you, the business owner, okay? Your stories need to be told with the client being the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. You as the business owner, you're like the guy. You're the Sherpa leading them up, Mount Everest. You're the one that's offering support and guidance, advice, you know, resources, all of all of those things, but they are the hero of their story they're the star of the show and we want to keep on uh, uh we want to keep them at the center of that story so that they understand uh they can see themselves um as you tell those stories i think that's the best way to to, to answer that question That that, that right. we we want to make sure that now okay it's important to say there are rules and there are exceptions to the rules right Yes, there are going to be times where, as a business owner, you need to tell your own story. So I am not saying that across the board,
1: right. the client
0: right. is always the hero. There are times where you've got to tell your story too. But by and large, the rule is that you uh, uh, you want to keep the client at the center of the journey.
1: So with that being said, okay, um, with with me, it's easy for me to put myself in their shoes because I've been there twice. Been there, done that, okay? But what about for an entrepreneur that can't really relate to what their customer is feeling? Can't uncover it. What are some tricks that can be done to kind of uncover that? To Terrific. kind of you know, gain insight?
0: That's a really nice question and very important for, uh, for first-time first or, or young business owners You must, you absolutely must mix it up with your audience, with the people that you want to serve. Um, I am very fond of uh, the saying, love your customer. Like, I believe in love anyway, all right? I'm a a win-win person. I always want the people around me and the people I'm serving always to be happy and to be satisfied. That's my personality anyway. (laughs) However... That being aside, that that pushed aside, it makes business sense to fall in love with your customer, to really uh, uh, have compassion for their challenges, for having an understanding about their wins, for knowing what they go through on their journey. So it is imperative to fall in love with somebody. You got to spend some time with them, Right. Right. It is imperative for business owners to spend time with their audience, to mix it up with them, to talk to them, to ask questions and you'll get the answers to what things bother me? What things am I struggling with? What are my challenges right now? What are my pain points right now? And all of that information is food for you to resolve their issues.
1: Right. What I have found You know, my mode of selling, okay, is not to go in for the sale right off the bat, especially when you don't know who it is that you are prospecting or whatever, you know, Um, and and I think this has become very popular now uh, on the networking side where you do your one-on-ones, okay? I always did my one-on-ones around coffee or lunch, and it was never to sell. It's to get to know them. Is to understand and decipher from what they're talking, how, you know, what they're saying is to pinpoint, okay, things that I can latch on that are going to help me understand. Okay, so it's like two friends talking, just like we're doing right now, you know. It's, it's two friends talking. You're not trying to sell anything right away. Eventually, it leads to something that, oh, I can, I can relate to that, you know.
0: I think if you're selling lipstick, you can make a sale right off the bat. But for most businesses, you need to spend the time. Right. Here is the idea behind that. Dana, would you say yes if somebody proposed to you the first night they met you? (laughs) no (laughs) probably not right none of us would because we need to get to know them well we're not going to do business with somebody until we get to know them and so as business owners we can't expect a sale based on hey here i am and here's what i'm all about and here's why it's good for you are you ready to jump in no 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 let's get into relationship let's make a relationship and as you do remember i had said earlier before we all want our uh, audience to know, like, and trust us because that precedes a right. conversion to a sale. So to get uh, to the point where people know you, well, you're going to be publishing, you're going to be out there talking to people, you're going to be meeting people as they come to like you. That means you're spending more time with them. Maybe you're making more gives. you're being generous of spirit uh, to these people. And then they will finally come to trust you because maybe you're giving them good advice, maybe you're introducing them to people who can help them along their way. Once you've got that all those three things down, the know, like, and trust, now it's time to say, well, by the way, you know, we help uh, clients like yours in XYZ. And they are a lot more likely to say, well, this is great. I need you. And because they already know I like, can trust you, they're easier to get on board.
1: Cool, cool. No, that's great. So let's talk a little bit about Pivotal uh, twist. Sure. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about what you do, the training. Uh, what's the difference between consulting and and um, uh,
0: coaching and training? Coaching,
1: coaching. Yeah,
0: Why? that's a really great question. So, uh, uh, as I had said earlier, my my uh, partner, uh, when he left the uh, the Broadway. He let go of the Broadway dream. I was more of a, about the Hollywood dream. He was more about the Broadway dream. Um, but he went into coaching and training. Coaching and training. Coaching is one-to-one. Training is one-to-some, right? Or one-to-many. Right, right. And uh, so he got certified and has been working with, with uh, 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 big banks and, and, and corporate clients. And he does so with executive coaching performance coaching or team training. So that means he is teaching people to do something a certain way. With executive coaching, there's a slight difference. Executive coaching is where uh, uh, we act more like a servant leader and we are helping our clients to clarify their goals and to help them to, uh, to come up with their own paths to achieving those goals, right? Right. But in other respects, like a performance coach is will help somebody who says, ah, I've got a presentation in two weeks. I need help. And so we say, OK, we know what to do. We're going to come in and help you. That's performance coaching. And then training is we're working with a team of 25, a team of 50, and we'll do a. Uh, 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 and on a virtual workshop with them with follow ups and individual coaching as well, you know, to try to help them upskill, to, to increase their skills and, and get better at something so that they can achieve their pivotal twist. One of the reasons for our company name is um, uh, is that it's all about a transformi- transformative experience. We want people to acquire some knowledge or some skill. Um, or some idea or some feeling even that can help take their career or business to the next level, right? Right. right. Okay, so on the consulting side, uh, we typically work with small business owners or authors thought leaders, um, and we will help them to, uh, I called it platform building, and that's because very typically, notably in the author world, they need a platform to help sell themselves. And a platform means, do you have an audience? Do you have the media there for how you communicate to the audience? Um, why? A publisher is going to look at that and say, ooh, this person you know, already has a built-in audience, already has a value proposition. This person is worth taking a chance on to publish right. their book, right? So on that side of things, We help with the brand, we help build a brand. That's one of uh, uh, my specialties. Uh, But we also do things like uh, digital marketing with with email and um, uh, uh, we'll run community groups and we do uh, uh, newsletter, email management, social media management, that type of thing.
1: Interesting, interesting. So if I was to hire you, okay, how would that process go?
0: If you're on the coaching uh, the coaching side, and if you're an individual, then the process is, as you and I have both agreed before, first getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. I want to know what you're struggle what you're struggling with. I want to know what is working well for you. Um, I want to know how long you've been in business, and I want to know where you'd like to be in three five years as well. I'm going to take that information, as well as everything else that uh, that. I glean from a meeting with you and uh, and come up with a way to coach you so that you can achieve those goals in a way that's transformative, in a way that you feel you've taken another step in your career. That's really important to uh, both my partner and I. Uh, we really want, as I said before, we're, we're all about win-win. So it's not just about, oh, you know, I've got a client, I delivered my my training or my coaching and got paid and that's it. Not at all. You know, I really want that human connection. It's probably from my my background as a storyteller, right? And on stage and working with other actors, that's probably where I I got all this from. But I want my people, my clients to do well. And I'm sort of invested in their success right along the way.
1: So I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Yes. what is your takeaway from our meeting here and the last one we had?
0: Okay. My takeaway is you in particular are also passionate about serving people. And I love this about you, Dana. You know, it comes through in your conversation. It's coming through in our podcast today. You really care about your audience. Like I do, you really do want their success. You really do um, have compassion for their challenges and what they're going through too. That's why you're willing to, you know, sort of put your thumb on it and explore it so you can demystify or come up with resolutions for it. You and I share that mindset. You and I both have that same perspective. We want other humans to do well. And that's my Mm -hmm. takeaway.
1: No, no. And I appreciate that. You you hit it on the head. You know, even in an industry that is struggling financially, they still need that help. Uh, and I'm there for them. Now, I've had to come up with um, different means of bringing them the help that they need so they don't have to pay my large fees, you know, right. which is where the academy comes in, you know, and stuff like that. But it's critical that they learn this, especially right now with what we're going through with COVID and all this other stuff. It's critical that they learn this, and um, you know. So I'm glad to hear that it comes out, okay. And I do see it in you too. so.
0: <laughs> That's good. I'm doing something right then. I think oh, you are doing as well, right,
1: Sean. Um, uh, so-
0: I, I've got to what- tip my hat to you, Dana, because because with your with your podcast and with your business. And, uh, and the way you talk about it, um, which is jargon-free, by the way, that's, something, that's another, another thing that we share at Pivotal Twist. We are not fans of jargon, and we, you're not no. going to ever find us using, let's say, highfalutin language. It and doesn't come out of our, yeah. our mouths because we're so interested in the human connection. We yeah. like to talk to people, and we like to write uh, in our published material the same way uh uh we would speak as if we were having a cup of coffee right. together
1: right exactly exactly so what would an ideal client relationship look like from your perspective
0: i really love, so of course we deal with with corporate with, with and and big trainings and we also deal with small uh business owners uh, uh so there's a wide spectrum in there um uh but the ideal client for us, uh, let's take the corporate training off, off of the, the yeah. table. Yeah, for since a we're
1: talking to micro small business owners.
0: Exactly. So when, when we're dealing with an individual, the ideal client is one that is open to artistry as well as craft. And here's what I mean by that. So I've talked about storytelling before, and storytelling is the primary way that we infuse artistry with the craft of business, uh, um, but it is not the only way. Artistry means using your imagination. It means being expressive, right? It also means trying something to see what happens. This is something that I also took from my experience as a young man, you know, as an as actor and a screenwriter, you tried stuff. You tried stuff to see whether it worked. And in business, we're so used to, you know, sort of saying, you know, oh, what's the best practice? I don't want to make a mistake. I, I want to, you know, do, what has other people done? I just want to copy what other people have done successfully and do that. But we strongly believe that best practices are, ne- are necessary. It's good to know them. And then you need to take some chances. You need to get artistic. You need to get expressive and creative and put things out there. Why? that ends up being your special sauce. Then you don't sound like everybody else that's just doing what they've learned from other people's best practices. You've got to be able to to stand out in uh, in that way. So our ideal client wants to take chances, is okay with tapping into their imagination, their, their humanity, right? Their authenticity as a human and bringing that to their, marketing communications and their leadership as well.
1: Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, I, um, with my clients or with myself, even, um, I tend, to, I'm, I'm an ideologist, okay? And I tend to think very big. Um, my terms for big is bold, innovative, and grandiose. So when you're thinking big, you have to think that big. And that's what's going to bring out those naysayers. That's what's going to bring out those ones that are going to say, oh, you're crazy. I was told I was crazy going down into Brazil, you know, all of this. But did that stop me? No. And that's what these solo micro entrepreneurs need to understand is if you believe and if you're willing to take that risk, you can make it happen. You just need to know what it is you don't know. And that's what we're trying to bring with what you're doing, with what I'm doing. We're trying to bring that knowledge base to these solo micro entrepreneurs so they can make those decisions, yes.
0: They say there's really uh, uh, three phases to an innovation being brought to the world. The first phase (laughs) is people saying, ah, that'll never work, impossible. And the second phase is... um, I don't really think it has any chance. And the third phase is, I could have done that.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you I was going to say, holy crap, I should have done that.
0: <laughs> right. And so if you are hearing resistance, if you're hearing people say, ah, that could never work, take it as a good sign. You're exactly. on the path. You're, Again, you're. I don't want to set uh, uh, total rules here except uh, to say that rules are made to be broken um, and, and uh, specifying that across the board, if you hear people saying that'll never work, then that's a good sign. I don't wanna say that, sometimes they're right. Yeah. You have to you know, you have, you have to make that judgment. If you, but, if, you
1: don't, if you don't have a good singing voice and someone's telling you you don't have a good singing voice, chances are you don't have a good singing voice.
0: <laughs> it's true. I'm just saying, don't lean only on yeah. what you hear from other people. But if you're hearing people saying, no, I don't think that can work, that is not necessarily a, a sign that you have to let go of your pursuit. Right. It might right. be the very thing that is indicating you're on the right path.
1: No, absolutely, absolutely. So Sean, tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you should they want to talk
0: more. Uh, thanks so much for asking, Dan. I really appreciate it. And, and I've really enjoyed my time with you today, here today. Uh, mm-hmm. So our website is pivotaltwist.com and uh, people can email me, sean, S-E-A-N, at pivotaltwist.com. I'd be happy to answer any questions.
1: And do you have any training sessions or anything coming up that maybe someone might be interested in?
0: Uh, that's a great question. Right now, all of our uh, coaching and training is done with the client uh, exclusively. And in 2022, we're looking to develop more courses that are for the public. So right now, they're not available. Uh, coaching, of course, is uh, one-on-one coaching is, uh, but you can't take a, a group training from us until next year.
1: Okay. All right. Well, we'll have to talk some more. Maybe we can bring a virtual training or something.
0: You Sounds know, to lovely. The
1: all right, all right. Well, um, once again, this marks the end of another episode of Charged Up Studio, when small business entrepreneurs get charged up for success. Please don't forget to leave a review on whatever platform you happen to be streaming this podcast through, or leave a uh, review on our Facebook page, Charged Up Studio. For more information, go on Market Academy. Go to www.marketatomy.com or reach out to info at marketatomy.com. That's it for another week. We'll talk again next week. Bye.